welcome to the RBL Podcast. I'm your host, Mercedes, and if you're ready to be inspired and encouraged, this podcast is for you. Rise by lifting, rise by lifting others. You rise, you rise, you rise, you rise, you Hey, RBL community. Welcome back to season three of the podcast. Now, I must say it's great to be back now that we've come into the new year. And personally, I'm so excited for the guests, the testimonies and the topics to come. So stay tuned if you haven't already. Please make sure to follow us to never miss out on any updates. Now, with that all being said, I'm so excited to introduce to you our first guest of the season as we dive into her conversion story of how she came to know Jesus for herself after growing up raised as a Hindu. So please help me in welcoming Shani to the RBL podcast. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> welcome. So welcome. excited to be here. And we're so excited to have you. Thank you so much for taking the time to just be on this podcast. So, of course, let's start off with just a fun fact about yourself. Okay, cool. So a fun fact about me is I have what we call in Trinidad, hot foot. So it kind of means <laughs> like you, you, you cannot stay in one place for a long time. Like you always just want to go somewhere. Oh. So I've actually like, I've actually like traveled and backpacked across over 20 countries. And I've also just moved a lot too. Um, mm -hmm. I've lived in, in, in about 20 different residences as well. Um, wow. Most of them in Canada. Um, and because I moved often, I used to like pride myself in my ability to fit everything I owned in one carload. But I, yeah, I, I definitely can't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. So the term is hot foot? Yeah, hot foot. <laughs> okay, cool. Never heard that before. So that's new. That's new. <laughs> All right. So Shani, um, first and foremost, this is, of course, like my favorite part of any episode. And that is a testimony. So why don't you go ahead and share with us your testimony of how you came to know Jesus for yourself? Yeah, for sure. So. As you can probably tell from my first answer, I grew up in Trinidad and mm -hmm. in, a in a Hindu family, and I lived a very sheltered life, even more so as a young girl, because it wasn't um, a very safe country. Mm. And from the outside looking in, my family was, was religious. We came from a family of pundits, which are Hindu priests. Oh, okay. So my yeah, so my grandfather was actually a pundit. Um, that's on my dad's side. And then on my mom's side of the family, they were actually Muslim. Oh, wow. So, yeah, Trinidad really boasts, um, you know, religious tolerance and celebrating each other's festivals. Um, we always had public holidays for every religious festival. So mm. Diwali, Ramadan, you know, Shouts at Baptist. We had like just very, you know, inclusive society, you can say. Right. And um, I really loved growing up in that kind of society. And I believed that there was one God and multiple ways to him. I've all mm. I've been taught that, and that's what I believed. Um I was also a, a daddy's girl, um, but things were very up and down with my dad because um he he struggled as an alcoholic. And he was also back and forth um, working in Jamaica most of the time. So um, 
you know, my my household was a, like a single parent household most of the time. But um, even then, you know, my parents try their best to raise us with good values, um, mm. you know, love and respect each other, be kind, charitable. And we did pray and would participate in, um, you know, different Hindu ceremonies. Mm. Um, but uh, looking back at my teenage years now, I can mm. see how troubled I was um, because of different relationships with guys and even because of my parents' marriage too. Um, mm. And I started then to, you know, collect, start collect up um, trauma. And um, I just kept on focusing on school because probably the biggest value that was instilled in my brothers and I was this pursuit of knowledge and higher mm. education. We were taught that that was something that was so critical and so important, um, which is which actually had a very religious significance too. Um, I knew that we were afforded the lives that we had now because generations before us in my family were educated and given opportunities that brought them out of, you know, poverty, et cetera. Mm -hmm. so, so my identity at the time was very much um, rooted in things like my performance at school. Right. Um, actually, at home, we all knew that we would be kicked out at 18 years old if we didn't go to university. My mom had oh. these like house rules that she printed out um, and stuck on the wall. And it was like, you know, clean your dishes. Da, 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 da. And this was literally the last one on the list. Like at 18, <laughs> if you don't go to university, be prepared to be fully self-sufficient. No so, it was, so it was like, it was a big deal. <laughs> Um, and yeah, my dad was, um, he was a national scholarship winner in Trinidad and mm. then me and my brothers, um, followed in his footsteps and we also won, um, national scholarships and it was really a point of pride for my family. And, um, and from there I ended up deciding to, to come to Canada to study mm. engineering at Waterloo. So that's kind of how I got here. Um, mm. But shortly after I came to Canada, my life very quickly started to fall apart. Um, I dealt with um, sexual abuse and then a very uh, toxic relationship. And um, wow. then when I finally got out of that situation, my family fell apart because my dad, um, he left us for a woman who we actually knew very well and who, whom I was close with. Wow. So that was, that was really, really, um, you know, tragic for our family. Mm. Um, and then my younger brother, who by the way, is like the apple of my eye. Aww. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he had a, he had a really bad drug problem, um, to the point where he became, um, bipolar schizophrenic. Mm. And he was actually living with me in Waterloo at the time that this happened. So it was, it was very scary and it was very hard on me. Right. Um, yeah. And, and at that time in my life, I completely and utterly just broke. I was so messed up that, of course, my grades were suffering too. And my identity was all wrapped up in that. And I hadn't told anyone what had happened to me. So I was isolated. I became suicidal. I was self-harming at the time. I was wow. so depressed. And eventually I did start um, seeing a counselor on my campus. Mm. Um, and, you know, it, it did help a bit, but, but life was just such a struggle from that time on. Um, I was dating a guy who, who was raised Christian mm. and I personally never saw it as a problem because, you know, interfaith marriages 
and relationships were so common um, back home in Trinidad. So um, we actually dated for like six or seven years and oh, wow. we, um, he wasn't living for Jesus at the time. We would, we would um, drink, party, we'll travel, go on all these adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually I did manage to start back um, doing well at school. And um, when I graduated, I actually got what was my dream job at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was still really struggling with these spells of depression, anxiety. And I was even having uh, panic attacks at work in the bathroom. I would just have these like massive panic attacks. Um, wow. And some days, like I would just be too depressed to go to work. Like it would be too hard for me to peel myself off the bed. So I would just miss work and just call in sick kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really, I was really struggling. Um, just in my own mind I remember at this time in my life I would while I was like taking a shower just randomly randomly on an evening um, every single day I would start um, reliving specific traumas in my head Mm. and I would just keep this list of everything wrong with my life and I'll feel so much pain and so much shame for everything on that list over and over and over Mm. each time but I couldn't help myself. Like as soon as I was alone with my own thoughts, that's where my mind would go. Meanwhile, um, my boyfriend at the time and I, we would have really bad arguments about religion. Um, Mm -hmm. He knew Jesus was the only way and he would preach to me. And um, I would just take so much offense to the point of tears. Like I would find myself just crying because I would get so frustrated with it. <laughs> I just, I just didn't understand how he could be so narrow-minded and headstrong. <laughs> like I could, I could not, like I couldn't believe that he can say that um, he loved me and then like tell me <laughs> that I was going to hell. Like or 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 rather choose to believe in something that right. would have like sent me to hell. Like I, I could not wrap my head around it um Mm -hmm. but you know at the time like we really cared for each other so we would just sweep it under the rug and you know despite uh, several attempts to clean up our lives at different times in the in the relationship at the end of the day I was a Mm non-believer and we'd we just always end up back in sin Mm-hmm. Um, and I would absolutely hate that he considered me a non-believer and because I would say, I don't understand, like, I believe in God. Mm. <laughs> like, if I just don't believe in God your way, like, how does that me- just mean that I'm a non-believer? Mm. Um, because, because again, like, to me, it was all the same God. Right. So, yeah, like, I, I had no problem acknowledging Jesus's life or worshiping him on my terms I had no problem going to church um but yeah like I just was not willing to accept him as the only way Mm -hmm. um but the more my boyfriend you know was reading his bible and getting convicted of his lifestyle was the more he he really started to let Jesus in and and at that time we had to break up there was no two ways about it um it was really tragic for for both of us but we agreed that it was necessary and it was the only way out mm-hmm. um or through rather um because I told him flat out I would never be a Christian mm-hmm. like I could never believe in a religion that teaches Jesus is the only way without me like living a lie that's not something that I could ever do mm-hmm. um so this actually happened um this the, the breakup when 
COVID just hit. So Mm -hmm. I was like more isolated than ever in my life. But yeah, my my ex, he was actually planted in a church. He got baptized. I was happy for him, but I was really unfazed by all of it. Um, And he, and actually he and some girls in his church were were really praying and fasting for my salvation, but this was completely unknown to me at the time. Wow. Um, Yeah. And then um, during COVID, I moved twice, (laughs) big surprise. Um, But the last move was to where I am now living by myself completely. So before I had roommates. Um, So at this time, again, I was like, it's COVID. I just moved in by myself. Like I was more isolated than ever alone with my own thoughts and Mm -hmm. I started to question everything and um, for the first time I was like actively trying to to define my identity and like understand like who I am Um, and during this time I actually started watching a lot of comparative religion videos on YouTube Mm. typically you know among Christianity, Islam, Judaism, Hinduism and at this time I was I was working like 14 hour days. I just, you know, threw myself into work. Um, I was drinking, I would take out edibles just to sleep. Um, oh. but like, but like watching these videos, I eventually, like a few months in, found myself at the point where I started realizing at least my ex was correct that all these religious paths could not be true. Um, and mm. couldn't not lead to the same place because I could see, I could finally see that there were massive conflicts between them. Like mm. they, there's either like, you know, a heaven or a hell or there's reincarnation. Like they both couldn't be true. So, mm. yeah. So at that point I was like, okay, one of these are true and all of the others have to be false because they literally like can't all be true. Like I was just, right. I was just being so ignorant because um, I didn't want to face the facts, right? And um, it stirred up a lot of conflict inside of me. Um, but for the very first time in my life, I was just so broken and alone um, and without distraction. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was crying out to God, um, asking him, to show me the way and to show me truth like that was my prayer at this time I would just ask God like literally in tears like show me the way and show me the truth um so that's kind of when it started like when my heart started to get a bit more softened and opened um the more I I sought is the more I started to find I was um I was learning a lot about the, the historical evidence of Jesus's life at this time and I was really intrigued by it. I found myself, um, yeah, in a place where I just wanted to learn more about um, Jesus and who he says he is. Mm. And this was all while I was actively trying to find who I am. Right. So then, um, yeah, eventually I made up my mind to check out this church next to the Walmart that I used to shop at. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, because I recognized, I actually recognized that it was the same Potter's house that I had been to a couple times back home in Trinidad because my best friend, she was discipled there and she was actually married there. Um, mm-hmm. And so I had like met a few of the pastors down there as a teenager and then again in my 20s. So I it was, it was familiar to me, the name of it. So yeah, okay. on a on a rainy Wednesday, um, I decided to go to service, and um, yeah, I remember meeting Pastor Clyde and finding out that he was also Trinidadian and he also used to be Hindu. 
So mm. like right off the bat, I was like, oh, wow, okay, God, I see you. Wow, <laughs> like, look at that. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then um, and then came the worship service. And I remember the last song that they sang that night was mm. Good, Good Father. And mm. it goes, you know, you're a good, good father. That's who you are. And I'm loved by you. That's who I am. And I just remember mm. for the first time in my life, I remember just my eyes filling with tears and I realized that this is who I am and I just felt so safe in that love that I felt mm. um and I walked home after services like a 20-minute walk it stopped raining and I remember <laughs> feeling um I actually remember feeling you know sorrow at that point for for denying Jesus over and over but also just so thankful that he that he kept me until that day like at that location at that time where right. I can where my eyes were finally open to to him being the one true God and I just remember coming home um you know thinking about my past and and finally being able to make sense of all of these things that I played over in my head so many times um things just finally started to make sense and I, I could start piecing together things um and I was exposed to the gospel and I was exposed to you know different things through through friends and even my boyfriend who is a believer. So, um, but it just never like impacted me. Um, mm. But now I finally understood um, and it finally had that impact. And yeah, I just, I just felt so much excitement that I finally found everything that I was looking for. Wow. <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> no, that was such a powerful testimony. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. So let's, you know, break this apart a little bit. So first and foremost, like walk us through a bit of what Hinduism is and what it was like growing up practicing that religion. So, so basically Hinduism is one of the world's oldest, you know, organized religions. It's, it's Mm. well known for, for that fact, but, um, yeah, it's um, it's religious texts um, were put together around 1500 years before Christ. So, so this is obviously like a point that's usually used to demonstrate um, like why Hindus have no interest in Christianity, and it's a point mm-hmm. that I used to use myself. Wow. Um, but there's but there's a lot of there's a lot of variety and a lot of different kinds of Hindus, but um, at its like very basic form, um, Hindus believe in one God that manifests manifests itself sorry in many different forms um so these different forms are basically what you would see as physical idols and images um of hindu gods which i'm sure you've seen at some point or the other Mm. um in hinduism they believe in in multiple ways to the same god um so it does um it does acknowledge other religions and other paths um and it's it's fully like works-based so mm. being a works-based religion, um, of course, like it, it encourages, you know, doing good works and a lifestyle that doesn't um, harm others is basically mm. like how it was, it's always phrased, right? Mm-hmm. Um, harm others in obvious ways, I would, I would say, <laughs> because spiritually, like you don't know what <laughs> happens, right? But like in right. obvious ways. Um, 
yeah so so at least so once it once a religion um or a different path um encourages good works and a lifestyle that doesn't do harm to others it it would obviously be qualified as like a valid path to to the same god mm. um hindus actually believe that every creature both humans and animals alike have a soul which go and the soul goes through reincarnation into different forms based on the karma um, of the previous life so karma is like a it's it's so westernized and people like throw it around mm. all the time now um so but basically like it applies to both like animals and humans because you can get reincarnated into an animal so that's like the belief wow and yeah and and the ultimate goal of this whole cycle is to eventually break free from it which is basically when salvation is attained um as per hindu doctrine and at that point your soul your soul will actually be reunited with a god who is the absolute infinite god so so yeah hindus believe animals are sacred souls um they worship cows and even snakes to a certain um extent um and you know many hindus are vegetarian but you'll then find other hindus who still perform animal sacrifices so mm -hmm. there's like a lot of variety in there um and i actually grew up learning that god didn't create the universe god and the universe is one in the same thing so everything wow. in existence is energy and as albert einstein you know said energy cannot be created or destroyed it just changes from one form to the other so basically this describes god through the ages and also the fact that our souls go through this cycle of reincarnation because it can't be created or destroyed it just goes through different forms and yeah like everything in in hinduism is actually very rooted in astrology they look to the stars and the planets and they even do things like astral projection where your soul like can travel out of your body um a lot you know their beliefs are, are very much supernatural um mm. they believe in supernatural healing from disease you'll you'll even see like certain spiritual leaders doing things like levitating while they like meditate and stuff like that mm. um and hindus have forms of worship that include different types of not only meditation but also yoga right. um right. which yeah which are believed to like basically give you control over your body and your mind so the different like po poses and yoga are actually um different offerings to different gods so wow. like i know i know like a lot of christians don't know this but that's that's literally <laughs> what you're doing yeah yeah and um yeah my, my dad would take me to these um kali puja ceremonies and they would actually make offerings to idols and you'll see these idols like actually like drinking like the milk that you offer to it or sometimes they would like tears or blood will come from their eyes like it was scary like a, a lot crazy. of demonic things yeah um they had actually like beat drums to like awaken these spirits and i remember questioning like how could this be part of my religion because it was actually terrifying but again right. like there's there's just so much like variation and such mm -hmm. a big broad scale of hindu beliefs and what is considered hinduism that like it's like there, there's things that you um that you you know think that are good mixed in with these things that are terrifying and mm. on the scale you really don't know where like you know 
the, right. the truth can fall, right? So so even like when I, I moved to Canada, I actually brought these like little idols and made a little altar in my dorm room on campus. Wow. Um, yeah. And I used to wear actually wear crystals and um, sacred threads on my hand for protection. You probably have seen it before, like um, Hindus wearing like a like a red or yellow thread on their hand. Um, okay. But yeah, and, and I, I would do, you know, puja whenever I went home back home. So that's like the Hindu ceremonies. And I loved yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, um, for me, it was exercise and, and stretching and good for my whole, all my organs and my mind and everything. And um, in Hinduism, like all of our prayers are actually prescribed in Hindi. So we don't like just pray to God in English. Um, we learn like the gist of what it means in English, but you like, it's, it's very repetitive. Mm. Um, and you just kind of learn it off and you know we're, we're told that the power is in the you know actual Sanskrit words which is the language that it's in like for example like the word om um which we use in like every single prayer to begin the prayer um and in like many other Hindu practices like it's now used in like the western world in in mm-hmm. yoga and meditation you would hear people meditating with the with the syllable om um, and that in itself is actually believed to to bring you into the same frequency as the universe. That's kind of like in a nutshell, wow. <laughs> a little taste of like some of what Hindu Hinduism entails. Right, right. And of course, this is something that you grew up in. So it was more so kind of like, you know, this is what you were exposed to and you were used to. So in that moment, of course, that was your reality, you know, that yeah. was the truth for you. So of course, I know that you mentioned in your testimony, right, like a lot of different things that were going on um, Mm -hmm. prior to coming to Christ. But if I was to ask you just in a nutshell, Mm -hmm. what do you think it was specifically that drew you to Jesus, you know? Yeah. So, okay. So in that time that I was watching these YouTube videos and actually like, like specifically comparing religions. Yeah. um, There was a uniqueness about Jesus that like I I could not deny and mm-hmm. and that's what that's what was specifically drawing me to him um I had never come across anything like him before he wow. he he served he washed feet he he suffered by the hands of men um and then he also offered salvation that was in workspace which mm-hmm. was like a completely out of this world concept to me right um <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and previously it's, um, it's, it's, it was a barrier for me to, to understand Christianity. But once I started to understand like justice Mm. (laughs) and what it means to have a just God, I started to understand why, why, um, he made it such that it was not workspace. And, Mm. and then basically, you know, all this, this knowledge and, science and whatnot that I glorified my entire life was Mm -hmm. completely useless before him um you know he he chooses the foolish things of this world but shame the wise and again like I came from a family that like I mentioned just glorified you know education and knowledge and this and that um I just I just had never experienced such such a power in my life because you know there's there's power in his in his blood in his love in his name and 
And I've, I had heard that all power in heaven and on earth is given to the, you know, the name of Jesus and it it causes demons to flee. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm like, like, wow, like, like, what is this? Like, I, 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 I needed, you know, when I started to, to, to hear this in comparison to what every other um, religion had to offer, it it was different. There was no denying that, right? Mm. It was, it was very different. Mm. And yeah, and, and, and if all of that wasn't enough to draw me, um, it was, it was just frankly, the historical facts around his death and around his resurrection. Because, mm. you know, just the fact that there's, you know, thousands of religions out there. But, um, but then there was this one man who claimed to be our savior sent by God, mm. and one with God. And, you know, he said that he was going to be put to death and then raised from the dead three days after. And then right. it actually happened. Yeah. And, and, you know, and there was an empty grave to prove it. <laughs> like, yes. I, I, I could not, like, I just started, I, I was not able to deny it anymore. Mm. So that's like, that's in a nutshell, like how I was really, really drawn, drawn to Christ. Mm. I really do like that you mentioned the whole idea of like, you know, the good works aspect, mm-hmm. you know, because like, even for me growing up in a religious state, like, although I knew Jesus, my lifestyle and choices denied, you know, his lordship, like over my life. And I had so much dependency that my so-called good works, you know, were enough to get me to heaven. So even that thought in itself denies the truth of Jesus being the only way to the father, right? Since that method is dependent on what I think I'm doing right in my own eyes, essentially, you know, almost trying to bribe God you know, um, rather than receiving the grace that comes to Christ, you know, to, of course, like receive forgiveness of sin and repentance. So with that being said, why do you think we need a savior? And what has been your understanding now of sin and grace? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I love that question, because I, I basically had to come to the understanding that I was a sinner, right? Mm -hmm. And, and if I just looked at the Ten Commandments alone, it would stare me in my face. You know, it was abundantly clear that I was a sinner. Mm. Um, and and now, now I know that every single one of us, even the best person I know, has, you know, sinned and, and fallen short of the of the glory of God. And yes. regardless of of who you identify as religiously, um, and otherwise that that's the truth you know we're going to fall short of god's glory yeah. and um and in a world where most of us just call ourselves good uh, you know a good person so you know mm-hmm. we can sleep at night um i now understood that no one is good but god amen and and therefore we can't save ourselves no matter how hard we try yeah and you know even even in our very best attempts at being righteous, it's, it's still like filthy rags before a holy God. Yes. So, so yeah, God's grace um, that he poured out um, onto us through, through Jesus Christ is something that, that really moves the deepest parts of me because, um, because I know how undeserving I am of it. Mm. Um, But of course, of course, like I, I, I can rejoice in knowing that heaven will be, my home because of his grace. Amen. Love that. Okay. So 
I guess like ever since coming to Jesus, how has your life changed internally and externally? So, so now I could eat bacon, burgers, <laughs> burgers, <laughs> Korean barbecue. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just playing. <laughs> I, um, yeah, now I just pray over anything and eat it before, you know, I grew up like away from beef and pork and whatnot, but no, mm. I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> Hey, RBL community, please remember to follow this podcast and follow us on Instagram to never miss out on any updates. And now back to the episode. I I don't even know how to fully answer this question, to be yeah. quite honest, because, because everything in my life truly changed my whole mm. worldview, right? And, and now I finally knew who I, who I am mm. and, and who I belong to. Amen. So, so, you know, from that very first day that I went into, into my church, I remember my pastor, he was talking about um, his, you know, his Hindu family before they were saved doing these um, Kali pujas, which I mentioned earlier, and his sister actually got demon possessed. And, and actually right then and there, there were so many things from my past that started to to come up and, and make sense, like I, I mentioned before, because now my spiritual eyes were, were starting to, to open. Mm. And, and I could understand all of these fears I had in my past, even around these religious things. Mm. And, then, and then slowly, when I started to go through that, that list of traumas in my mind, um, that really, really did um, keep me in, in a strong bondage, mm. I could finally see um, it, it all from, from a different perspective because it didn't define me anymore. Mm. So, so people who had hurt me so deeply, um, I can now say their names out loud, and it didn't have power over me. Mm. Um, And better yet, I can pray for them, Mm. which, which healed me in in so many different ways, it it truly did, um, you know, heal so many of my wounds. And um, I I remember my ex telling me, um, to to call upon the name of Jesus when I was getting panic attacks. he, he would try to explain to me that his name, you know, has all power and authority, but it didn't, I didn't have faith. So it mm. meant nothing to me, but now I don't, I don't suffer with panic attacks anymore because I, mm. I know that I have dominion over it in Jesus name. Yes. And um, yeah, um, externally, there was actually so much I had to change because I was always trying to heal myself before by mm. any means possible. So so I would do yoga, like I mentioned, I would do like all these breath work, breath exercises. Um, mm. I tried um, sensory deprivation uh, floats in these okay. like tanks, in these chambers. I had tried um, intravenous light therapy for my anxiety. I had tried vibrational med- meditation. I had even done like, I used to do these like gong healing thing that my aunt, she was an instructor for. Like I literally just opened so many doors, like trying everything that this world had to offer to self-medicate to, you know, whatever it, it, whatever it was. Um, so, so of course, like externally, like I, I had to cut out all of these like occult practices, um, you know, throughout the incense and all of these crystals and all of that kind of stuff. And, um, I mean, externally too, um, I, I had to immediately change all the music I was listening to <laughs> because, because I loved to party and drink and dance. And like, I had like 
become so desensitized by how like filthy Caribbean and like Latino music was. So definitely had to change that too. But yeah, yeah, those are some of like the main ways I would say that, that um, God changed my life inside out. Wow. Wow. Okay. So how have you personally, I guess, shared your newfound faith with others, would you say? Mm -hmm. So I mean, definitely by making myself available to, to share my testimony mm-hmm. with, um, you know, whenever I got the opportunity um, right. and, and of course to share, share the gospel too in that, um, you know, with, with loved ones and with strangers alike, um, I'm very, very, very blessed to be in a church that evangelizes and, mm-hmm. um, as a church body and also individually, of course. Um, so I got to learn to do that very early on in my salvation. Mm. Um, I actually mentioned that I got saved on a Wednesday and that very Friday I was out on outreach with my church. Um, (laughs) Then I got baptized at um, a beach like a week later and in front of lots of people, which was amazing. And um, then a week after that, I got to testify at a concert. So I, I feel like God just gave me so many opportunities early on to really establish it and and to share my newfound faith Mm. so yeah like always just praying for praying for and seeking um new opportunities to share the truth and and um how I found it that's beautiful honestly it just makes me think of like you know for instance like though there's a story of course um for those that maybe don't know of this woman who had an encounter with Jesus, you know, we refer to her as the Samaritan woman. And Mm -hmm. with her after, of course, that interaction that she had with Jesus, the first thing she did was drop her bucket and run and tell people like, come and see this man who told me about who I was, you know, and, and everything about me. And I, you know, just through her testimony itself, like, a lot of people ended up coming to believe in Jesus. And so it's just interesting that like, you know, first of all, how powerful our testimonies are, because again, they're testifying of God's goodness. But I think about it. And again, because this isn't just about like Hinduism, but just in terms of every type of, you know, religious belief outside of Christ, really, you know, and even if you are just, like I said earlier, um, like how I was where I, yes, had a belief in God, but did not have a relationship with Jesus. So I was still religious. And so even in those kind of situations, you're not really testifying about anything because nothing's right. really changing. You know, you're, you're right. doing all of these motions, but your life is still the same. You know, you're still broken. If you're honest with yourself, you're, you're still broken, yeah. you're still hurting, you know, you're still defeated by sin, <laughs> right? You know, exactly. internally and externally. And yeah, it's so like, how are you supposed to have that excitement and that joy to share? Yeah, right? exactly. But when you come to Jesus now, it's a completely different experience because now it's like something has actually changed, you know, and Absolutely. you can actually share that with people. So Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I love that. So in today's day and age, of course, where everyone believes in quote unquote their own truth, how have you come to know that the truth is really in Christ? Would you say? Yeah. So so I battled with this for, for a long time, right? My truth versus the truth. Right. Um, and and I've shared my testimony with friends who have like literally told told me. I'm really happy that you found your truth. And like, so, so I know how like frustrating this could be firsthand. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, I, I wouldn't have come to know that Jesus is the truth unless God himself revealed it to me by his Holy Spirit. Right. Um, because now I know that's the only way that we, we can come to the truth. Yes. Um, I, I actually did believe that there was one u- universal truth, but I was just so deceived by, you know, all of the things that glorified the creation instead of the creator. Mm. Um, and I think ultimately, um, I had to understand that idolatry is not just making, you know, a physical representation of God, but it's actually believing that God is who you say he is, Mm. um, rather than who he says he is. And once I came to that understanding, um, I can start seeking God for who he says he is. Mm. And, you know, he has promised us that if we seek, we will find. Yes. Yes. Amen. You know, Jesus himself, like made a very, you can say bold statement, you know, in John 14, where he says, I am the way, the truth and the life, you know, and no one comes to the father except through me, you know, but you know, the beautiful thing about just knowing the truth as well is the fact that the truth actually does set you free, you know, in, in mind, conscience, spirit, and like you mentioned as well, externally, you know, and I think if you still have that sense of like bondage, if you're still struggling with sin, you know, like living in sin, whatever the case may be, then maybe it's time to ask yourself, like, is what I'm living in, is this really the truth, you know, because just because we grow up believing something doesn't necessarily mean that's the right thing, you know? Yeah. So what has been one significant revelation in your journey so far that has helped you, would you say? So I would say um, it is definitely that there is no time that is better than God's timing. Mm. Like there's just, there's just no timing that's better than his timing. Right. You know, this, this has been such a massive, massive theme in my life. Um, even, even down, of course, like the, the timing of when I got saved, yeah. um, because my faith was never something that I would go around talking about with my friends um, and my family. But but after my ex and I broke up, it became a point of, you know, conversation. Um, so like all of our family and friends, they were all heartbroken um, and they wanted to know why. So I would, you know, very often be explaining that, you know, I could never be a Christian, even if I wanted to, because I can't compromise my fundamental beliefs that God is bigger than one specific path to him. So I Mm. went around, like, telling everybody this, right, all of our, again, friends and family. And and God was probably, like, laughing at me (laughs) at this point, because, like, (laughs) he was just, like, look at her go, like, making a fool of herself. (laughs) Because, of course, like, as soon as I got saved, then I had to go back around <laughs> to all those friends, family members, relatives to tell them like how wrong I was. Mm-hmm. And, and to be honest, like I couldn't plan this any better if I tried. <laughs> um, and it's just given me perspective that, you know, he is the one building testimony in our lives yes. and, and using all things to work for good for those who love him. So I just remind myself constantly that um things don't have to go my way and they don't have to go you know in my timing because Mm. he has a plan for me and although I see you know a small puzzle piece I have to put my faith and my trust in the one who sees the whole picture amen 
Amen. That's really well put. So of course, you know, like anyone who has come to Christ, you know, whether you have come from, you know, Hinduism or Islam, or even again, just a background in knowing Jesus to some extent, there can always be some challenges, you know? So what were some challenges you may have faced earlier in your walk? Probably staying in one place because I have hot foot. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but but I guess like okay. So on a more serious note, um, I definitely and I know this is something that we've all struggled with, but I definitely really struggled with like the burden that I have from for my family specifically and my, and my close friends mm-hmm. of, um to, for them to be saved. Right. Um. Right. I, I remember the first Bible study we did when I just entered the church. It was on end times, and. Mm-hmm. I would go home and I would feel so defeated sometimes and I would feel such a panic for, for, you know, the souls of my loved ones. And, you know, if we don't put things in a godly perspective, it, it will ruin us, even if our intentions are good. Um, And God had to show me that, you know, every single soul is so precious to him. So I have to to pray and fast and share the gospel with strangers with the same love and that same burden that I have for my family and friends. Mm-hmm. And also like, you know, he had to show me that, you know, we, we can cast out a demon in minutes, but, but we can't cast out someone's flesh because, mm-hmm. you know, every single one of us, we have free will. And I had free will <laughs> my mm-hmm. whole, you know, the previous life that I was living. And, and so do, do my family and my friends. And um, yeah, and and just given the fact that we have free will automatically means that there's lots of people that are never going to accept him, no matter how Mm -hmm. sad and, you know, gut wrenching that is, it's it's the truth. And, And, you know, this doesn't by any means mean that we stop praying for them. Right. And we stop fasting and stop trying and stop loving them. But it's so important to to remind yourself that, you know, even if not one of your family members ever accepts Jesus. He is worthy. Yes. He is worthy to be loved with all your heart, your soul, and your strength. So yeah, that was definitely like one of my, my biggest challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So of course, sometimes again, you know, people in different beliefs are hesitant to how their family may respond since we mentioned family, you know, um, especially to their newfound hope in Christ. Now, how did your family react to your conversion back then? And how have things been going as of lately? Yeah, so my family, of course, did not get it. Um, I got Mm -hmm. a a wide range of reactions. Um, When you explain something supernatural in Christ to someone, um, they're going to automatically try to relate it to something that they've experienced themselves. Right. Um, so, so that's their way of re- kind of reassuring themselves and you that the path that they're on is just as good as what you're sharing with them. Right. Mm. So, so I got a lot of that and I got some belittlement that my enthusiasm was cute. Um, and oh. then, and then I actually got um, certain family members trying to just completely tear me down tear my beliefs down Mm. um tear down the validity of the bible um Mm. as the word of god and and you know even saying things like they can come up with scripture inspired by the holy spirit themselves and just call it the word of god i'm like wow okay Mm. (laughs) um my my family 
yeah, they, they just fit me into their worldview, right? And mm. they expect me not to be intolerant. But of course, I know that, you know, the God that we stand, we will stand before one day, um, he is intolerant of sin and he is intolerant of false religion. So yeah, it was definitely a struggle. Um, it hasn't been going much differently of late, but mm. understanding how many people prayed and fast just for my salvation um, yeah. and, and just knowing how, you know, omnipotent God is, um, that does give me so much hope to continue loving them and you know seeking opportunities to to have them taste how good God is Hmm. wow wow and again you know I think our testimonies you know um speak for themselves you know like just like how God changes us um and just like I guess you can say like the fruits of our lives you know start to become evident as well right like so that in itself also shows as a testimony to people who may be around us and maybe they don't necessarily <laughs> um, believe right away. Because even when you were talking about earlier, um, of course, prior to your boyfriend actually being saved, you know, mm-hmm. th- though he, you know, as you mentioned, wasn't necessarily saved, there was still kind of deposits and seeds that he was planting, Absolutely. you know? Yes. And it took me a long time. Lots of seeds, a lot of lots of watering. <laughs> hey, I mean, on the bright side, you're here now. Praise God. Exactly. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that's what matters. Okay, so um, of course, why then do you think many people actually shut down the idea of a relationship with Jesus in the first place? Yeah, I, I think a lot of people just accept lies about Jesus, frankly. Mm. Like, you know, he's a prophet or his life has been disproved or he's just another form of God. Um, And then, and then too, I think in general, people don't understand how a loving God could allow them to go to hell if they don't, if they don't um, know and serve Jesus, given that they have, you know, all of these self-proclaimed good works that we were talking about, because, because they Mm -hmm. actually don't understand what it means to believe in a God who is just and who is holy. Right. Um, and I know for me, I didn't want to believe in something that meant my family and friends could go to hell. Um, mm. So I wasn't even willing to explore it for a long time. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I also convinced myself that I was limiting God to believe that there was only one way to him. Like I actually convinced myself to believe that. Mm. Um, I wanted to believe that if if God is infinite, then they must be like infinite ways to him. Um, but that in itself was idolatry because I was just making up my own God. Right. Right. And, and yeah, I guess for people who truly believe in their religion, a lot of them reject Jesus because they've had some type of supernatural experience with something that doesn't relate to him. And it's so hard to understand that all power, you know, is not from the one true God. And mm. therefore, therefore, it's very difficult to understand why your current beliefs are not good enough to get you into heaven right right because there's still a demonic force out there too exactly and I think that kind of gets brushed you know to the side and stuff Mm -hmm. so wow yeah okay so what would you say now that of course you know you've come to Christ um, what are some things that have helped you in your journey so far to just grow in your faith overall so yeah, so I've been I've been saved for about a year and a half now, and mm. I mean, 
of course, you know, my church and my pastors have played up a big path, um, parts in, in my growth, but also, you know, also things, um, like morning prayer and having a Bible reading plan to make sure that I am, you know, studying the word of God, um, asking lots of questions, attending Bible study, like I mentioned, taking and making opportunities to evangelize, um, to share my testimony that really, really helped me grow in my faith. Sometimes you need to hear your testimony yourself. Like, yeah. (laughs) Um, you, you know, even shortly after I got saved, um, I, I saw a few others um, come to the knowledge of who Christ is from, from other religions too, actually. Mm-hmm. But I've seen how, you know, resisting the assembling with other believers or not um, submitting themselves under headship for correction mm-hmm. and, you know, not laboring or evangelizing with other, other believers it, it just prevents you from any impact that, you know, God intends us to have. Yeah. So, so we really have to be so careful, um, like not to make up our own version of Christianity, especially, you yeah. know, after spending so many years <laughs> making up our own ver- version of God. Right. So I think, um, yeah, I think all of those things really helped me grow. I agree. I agree. They're very helpful because we have to remember too, that we are coming regardless of where we're coming from. We're literally coming from a background of deception, you know, Absolutely. and it's kind of like, you know, when now you've come to, again, the truth, your eyes are now opened, you know, but there, that doesn't mean that, you know, there aren't things that you still have to learn. Um, you know, it's like you're unlearning, but you're also learning as well. Mm-hmm. So there are definitely things that can help, at, but it, it takes it also takes humility, I want to say, because to think that, you know, somehow you got this, you can do it on your own. It's like, well, you've been kind of doing it on your own for the past however many years. Yep. And how did, how did that work for you? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, and one thing before, of course, like we um, bring this to a close um, that you mentioned earlier on is understanding your identity in Christ. I think that's so, so important. I think if people come to know the fact that like, just how much Jesus really, really does love you. You know, if you really come to, and of course I know that God's love is way too grand for us to completely understand, you know, Mm -hmm. on this side of life anyways. Um, But I think there's still a level of understanding that you, you can come to have of how much he really does love you and, and cherish you and, and want you, you know? And it's like, When you come to that understanding and that revelation, it's like nothing else matters, you know, and you're able to completely give yourself more because it's like, God, you know, every little thing about me, everything that makes me me and you still want me. And that's what makes him who he is, you know, Amen. absolutely agree with every single word. Yeah. So we need that. It's, it's super important, but like you said too, you know, it's being a part of a body of believers that can help you grow, that can pray for you. You know, it's also getting into the word of God because you got to know who God is. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and prayer. Continuously educate yourself in, in Christ, in the word of God. Um, Because how else are you going to, you know, fight your flesh daily yeah oh yeah right? and the flesh is strong exactly you know? so need to like be able to be in a place where we're strong enough 
through the power of the Holy Spirit to, you know, just crucify that flesh <laughs> to say it least. Absolutely. Yep. That's right. So again, as we bring this to a close, now that you've experienced Jesus for yourself, what is one piece of advice for anyone out there who perhaps may not know Jesus or is struggling perhaps to give Jesus a chance? Yeah, I love that you asked this question. Um, because yeah, my, my advice is is for them to genuinely just give him a chance and seek him for who he says he is mm. because you do not want to find yourself at the end of this life. Um, you do not want to find out that you're wrong about Jesus. This mm. is like the one thing you do not want to find yourself, you know, being wrong about. Um, you know, the God who created you has promised you that he will complete you in a way that nothing else in this world ever can. Yeah. And and it's literally your soul that is at stake. It's eternity that is at yeah. stake. So even if you don't believe in, in, you know, heaven and hell right now, like I did, I believed in reincarnation, you, you really owe it to yourself to, to find out if Jesus is the only way. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, what a way to start off the season. <laughs> But no, that was amazing. So first and foremost, thank you so much, Shani, for just taking some time and coming on to this podcast and sharing your entire journey. I appreciate it so much. Oh, my pleasure. (laughs) And until next time, RBL community, stay encouraged. (laughs) 